0: I think a lot of people would agree that saving is a key to making money. Welcome to another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. Means he looked after people's financial affairs, friends. I'm Gord Whitehead, retired broadcaster. Ron and I have known each other for decades. We're passionate about investing. We like to talk about it. We like to try to pass along pertinent information that can help you on your financial road. We want to talk about TFSAs this time around, Ron. I think they've been around now for, what, better part of over a decade. And I think a lot of people have them, but do a lot of people really understand them?
1: Well, I think they understand the fact that if they put money in, it's tax-free. They know that. Uh, But other than that, most people, they seem to use it more as a storage bin for spare cash and they don't tend to maximize higher returning investment opportunities. You know, 38% of people last time I saw a survey, uh, the primary investment in their tax-free savings account was, um, was money market funds. So, you know, they're just not really maximizing the use. So we're gonna talk about uh, some ways that you can use your TFSA a little better and uh, ways that you can, uh, will help you on the tax front. Uh, ways that uh, investments particularly that are that are focused on TFSA, So I, I have what we call the eight lesser known facts about TFSAs that we're going to talk about today.
0: Okay. Income splitting. I have to admit, this one kind of mystifies me a little bit, Ron. Well, imagine that you're a household, a typical household, where you have one
1: high income earner and one income earner that is, you know, they're doing okay, but they're making marginal income or maybe one of the family's uh, members is involved in home care. Uh, so they're looking after the kids. or they're, they're stayed home and looking after grandma and grandpa. And so their income isn't high. Well, Revenue Canada or the CRA says that if, if the high income earner gives money to a low income earner to invest, that all the income and growth off of that investment is taxed back into the high income earners hands. That's called attribution rules. So the trick in Canada is how do you get money from a high income earner to a low income earner? And a TFASA is a very good tool because the government allows you, if you're a high income earner, to make the contribution to the tax-free savings account of a low income earner. And then of course, all the money that grows in that tax-free savings account, grows tax-free, and then when the money is eventually taken out, it's not taxed at all, and it's not taxed back in the hands of the high-income earner or contributed in the first place. So it's a great way to do what we call income splitting.
0: So this isn't the same thing, for instance, in an RSP where a spouse can make a spousal contribution and get the tax saving in a TFSA there is no tax saving up front it comes down the end correct when you take the money out it's tax free
1: yes and the the benefit here is that when you pull the money out whereas in an RSP a lot of people that made no income their whole lives when it comes to retirement all often find themselves in a higher tax bracket because their spouse contributed to their RSP their whole life well, the one advantage of the tax-free savings account is when you pull that money out, it's not taxed at all. So it doesn't put
0: you in a higher bracket. Okay, next point. Keep it Canadian. What exactly do you mean by
1: that? Well, dividends from foreign investments in a, in a TFSA, such as U.S. stocks is what people typically have, or mutual funds that have U.S. stocks, or ETFs that have U.S. stocks, will be subject to a foreign withholding tax. So typically, if you're buying uh, stocks outside uh, a TFSA or, or sorry, outside uh, an RSP, uh, the government in the U.S. will withhold 15% off the top of those dividends. And if you have U.S. stocks in an RSP, they have a ruling that says that uh, they don't withhold uh, that 15% at all. So an RSP is a great place to put U.S. stocks that have. Um, high dividends because they, they're they subject to that withholding tax. In a cash account, if you have a stock that's U.S. that pays a high dividend, they withhold the 15%, but you're able to claim uh, an offsetting deduction against your Canadian income. So it helps a bit. In a tax-free savings account, the U.S. government withholds that 15%, but you're because it's in a tax-free savings account, you're not allowed to offset that fifteen percent withholding against your uh, Canadian taxes, so you're 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 hit both ways. So the rule of thumb is generally, if you've got a U.S. stock that pays a dividend, don't put it in your tax-free savings account. Put it in your RSP, or if uh, if you don't, put it in your um, your your regular investment
0: account. And you have a note here to to keep it eligible. Not everything is eligible for a TFSA. No, and and especially people that love to
1: use their their tax-free savings account to gamble in other words they figure well if if i buy a stock that goes from 10 cents to a hundred dollars all that gain in there is going to be uh, tax-free when i pull it out and that's true but the problem is that for every one of these stocks that goes up 10 000 times you have the other 95 that go down 100 percent, and often these little guys will be listed on the, the venture exchange or, or, or in the U S on, on uh, you know, on over the, over the, the yeah. 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 But w- when they, they get to a point where they, they're, they're basically a walking shell. Uh, what happens is they lose. And if they get kicked off one of those exchanges, often they lose their eligibility to be in a tax free savings account. So, if you have these, what they're called, is over-the-counter stocks. So, if you have a company, especially that is an over-the-counter stock, and you want to buy it, don't buy it in a tax-free savings account because there's really, uh, you uh, you can get some pretty steep penalties for having a non-eligible stock in there. So, uh, put your non-eligible stocks in a in your in your regular investment account because it's it's a pain in the neck to try and get rid of them, especially. If, if they're not listed and you can't sell them anymore, how, how do you get rid of them? you know Then you have to deregister them and take them out and, and it, it's just a big pain in the neck. So be careful about your your eligibility requirements on the investments you put on TFSA.
0: Okay, so next we have there are right ways and wrong ways to take money out of TFSAs, correct?
1: Yeah, money withdrawn from a TFSA is tax free, so that's why a lot of people use it as an emergency fund. But if you take money out this year, um, you have to uh, keep it out for uh, the entire year, and you can put it in next year. So, suppose when uh, someone put some money in a TFSA, they put fifty thousand in, and it grew to a hundred thousand. Well, you can pull that hundred thousand dollars out and put the entire hundred thousand in in the following year. But so let's say you bought an investment that you originally paid a hundred thousand for, and it was down to fifty thousand. Well, you take the fifty thousand dollars out and you're not you can't put the hundred thousand back in. You can only put the fifty thousand back in. So you've got to be careful what you take in and what you take out.
0: So let's take a situation where you have a married couple, Ron. What about successor rules in a marriage if, if one of the spouses were to pass away? And well when, when a spouse dies, the surviving spouse becomes what's called the
1: successor holder and investments can continue to grow and be rolled over into the successors tax-free savings account now successors are only spouses and that includes common law partners can be named as the successor uh, of a tfsa which allows you to to roll that uh, tfsa into the surviving spouses account now you can have beneficiaries so uh, gourd let's say i pass away and one of my kids is a beneficiary of my tfsa well the TFSA has to get deregistered, and the proceeds in the TFSA have to be passed on to to the beneficiary. So you, they can't roll it over into their tax-free savings account, which isn't such a terribly bad thing uh, because the money still rolls over to them tax-free. But frankly, as a spouse, you get the rollover and you get to continue leaving that money to grow tax-free in the tax-free savings account for as long as you can, as long as you can do so.
0: So some trips and ticks on TFSAs. Ron, what about a a situation where you don't have, maybe you don't have the extra scratch laying around this year and you can't make your contribution to your TFSA in this calendar year? You have a carry-forward provision, right?
1: Yeah, since contributions can be carried forward, most people don't realize that if they haven't made a contribution uh, since they turned 18, um, you can carry those contributions forward and use them. And it's especially helpful... If you win a lottery, you sell a business, uh, you get an inheritance from, from your your parents, and all of a sudden you've gotten an, uh, a large chunk of money and you're trying to figure out how to invest it. Well, especially take a look at t- the carry forward rules because you probably you could have up to $75,500 uh, worth of contribution room in your TFSA and you can make a lump sum contribution. Same thing is true, actually, with the RSPs. You can go back and uh, generally on your uh, documentation that you get from the CRA every year, it tells you um, what your RSP contribution is and, and your carry forward. So if you find you've got a ton of carry forward, um, not a bad idea to to use some of it because, uh, especially with the tax-free savings account, while well, there's 75,500 that can now grow tax-free for you instead of being in an account that's tax
0: For some, this might beg the question, what about taking money out of an RSP to put into a TFSA? <laughs> well, investors
1: will pay taxes on investments they pull out of an RSP to contribute to a tax-free savings account. So you can't just do a rollover from one from a registered savings plan to a tax-free savings account. You'll pay tax on the way out. Now, not a bad time to do it, actually is that if you find yourself in a year where you're not going to pay any tax, you could actually pull money out of an RSP and not pay any tax on it. Well, you could take that money and you could roll it over after you've taken out of the RSP into a tax-free savings account where it can continue to grow. Uh, tax-free and then when it's time to take it out there's no tax consequences like like an RSP.
0: So Ron what happens when we turn 65 and we reach that age where old age security starts to come in maybe Canada pension other things come into the equation what happens there?
1: Well one of the advantages of the TFSA is because the money is tax-free it doesn't enter into any of the calculations on what's called the means test uh, for old age security. So often what happens in an rsp is that when you turn 71 uh, you've got options you've got to start taking money out and uh, many people will find that they'll try to delay uh, rsp withdrawals as long as they can because once they've got to start taking significant amounts out of rsp the means test reduces their old age security to virtually nothing well you can take as much money as you want out of your tax-free savings account because it's considered tax-free it's not included in the, in the means test at all. So it's a good way uh, not to have your income jacked
0: up. So is this one of those things, Ron, where we should be telling, for instance, young people who have reached the age of 18 are now eligible to get a TFSA, throw 100 bucks a month in there? Do
1: well, especially, especially if you're young, uh, what's going to happen when you're 18? I mean, let's face it. If you've got a job paying minimum wage, you're not going to be paying a lot in tax. So if you're making RSP contributions, you're not really giving yourself a big tax break because you're not in a high enough tax bracket to to make a difference. So I tell people that are young that aren't in a high tax bracket, start with the TFSA. And then as you get in a higher tax bracket, you start getting into that 35, 40, 45, uh, 50% bracket. Uh, That's when you want to start contributing to uh, RSPs because the deduction um. Means that you're going to end up getting money back, whereas a TFSA, you don't get that deduction. So, when you're not earning a lot of income, uh, TFSAs make more sense than RSPs. When you're making lots of income and you can use the deduction, RSPs probably trump TFSAs.
0: So, there you go, folks. That's why we call him the financial coach. He's the head coach on this show, by the way. I'm just one of the assistants. <laughs> Ron Hebert is the financial coach. He's back again next week with more information on making money. If you have a question, remember you can reach us at letsmakemoney.ca or through cfcw.com. We're back next week to talk more about making money. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.